0: All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Living in the Past where two middle-aged dudes relive the past by enjoying the pop culture of their youth. Devin, man, this is exciting. We are we are doing dazed and confused on this episode and we are dazed and confused. Yeah,
1: I am sorry. <laughs> can you can you say it again? My ears are still ringing cuz I went to an Abba tribute concert last night
0: <laughs> yeah well, how was that how was that experience
1: devin <sighs> let me just give you some of the highlights jeremy uh so uh, they're called mania the abba experience oh great now 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 listen here's a here's a couple of things that i was totally unprepared for when we went into this last night right it was myself my wife and, and our daughter who is 11 years old. Cause she, you know, she loves the Mamma Mia soundtrack from okay. the film and all that. She's okay. in the musical. Okay. So okay. we thought this would be like a fun ish family event. Of course. And, and so we get there and um, Jeremy, what I wasn't prepared for, well, there's a couple of things I wasn't prepared. Here, here's the here's the first thing I was not prepared for. <laughs> I was not prepared for the musicians to go all in with really? fake Swedish accents. No. They not only they not only like came out dressed as ABBA, they not only played and, and sung the songs like ABBA, but they actually took on the persona of the actual ABBA members. Wow. Including really bad Swedish accents. That's great. And then <laughs> As if, if it didn't get more weird and crazy, um, that um, there were a couple people like I've, I've been to some concerts in my day, Jeremy. You, you have, you and, have, and I've been to some concerts in, in the recent past. Where like I'll snap a couple of photos sure. because like I would put it yeah. in the old scrapbook. Yeah. You know, there were people, Jeremy, that were filming the entire fucking concert of an ABBA cover band, like wow. not even enjoying it, filming it, filming like on it. their phone. Yes. Or, okay. Wow. Yes. But here's what took the cake. Okay. During one of the opening numbers, the the woman uh, sitting in front of me, and, and obviously I'm a little younger than those that experienced Abba in yes. their heyday. I was right? going to ask yeah. if you were the youngest person I, there. My daughter was, <laughs> but yes. Um, and and so this lady, I don't. Do you remember one of the Share videos where Share kind of had like this this like headscarf, but it was made out of like diamonds and stuff on it. Right. So this lady was wearing one of those and she's probably like mid seventies or so. I have no problem with that. I'm just painting the picture for you. She's sitting right, right in front of me behind me uh-huh. is an equally old but certainly more curmudgeonly old man and so this lady stands up to start dancing to dancing queen all that and of the course. guy gets up and comes up and gets in her face and says, you better sit down because i can't see the show and here it is like i didn't want to get my phone out but i wish i had popcorn to watch it and it's like going down in front of me there's these two old people fighting over whether they should stand at an ABBA <laughs> tribute concert <laughs> It was amazing. It was amazing.
0: Wow. Why go to an NFL football game? Uh, Just go to an ABBA cover band. It was great.
1: Yeah. Got a couple of blue hairs fighting over standing in (laughs) an ABBA tribute band. But other than that, it was certainly enjoyable. Of course, (laughs) and and I just can't believe someone
0: would get upset about someone dancing to Dancing Queen, right? Like, right, at a concert. I might, I might actually kind of bob my head a little bit. I, I, I,
1: I. I, Well, I, I, I get my choice, Jeremy. As a (laughs) middle-aged white dude, I can either sing along or I can clap along. I cannot do both at the same time. Of course, right? White guy got no rhythm. That's right. Um. But I, it was fascinating. It was sold out. That was the thing. It was sold out too. And so in my <laughs> head, yeah. So the, the, the theater holds 650 people. Okay. Packed. Standing room. Wow. And so I calculated like what what did this group make just on like right. ticket alone? Ticket and, sells. and it was like, it was probably close to $7,000 for that Boom. two hour journey Boom. of Swedish nostalgia. Did they have shirts like with their? It didn't, it didn't have any merch. Oh wow! No, okay. no, but they actually dressed the part in their sparkly. They, they had a couple of costume changes. But dear listener, here's why I even tell this is because Jeremy, I want to make it official that yes, I will be starting a one man oh. 80s tribute like breakup song. And I'm just going to, I'm going to start at, at like, I'm like owner of a lonely heart. But great. yes, I'm just going to work my way through the entire one man this show. Is, this is great. Uh, probably get a little turnaround bright eyes somewhere in there. You have right? to. Totally clips of the heart. Yes. I'll bring it. Definitely. I'll, I'll have probably the middle section will be packed full of like. Phil Collins Night Ranger-ish stuff. Yeah, that totally yeah. makes sense. So that's, if, if I'm not on the next couple episodes, it's kind of, I'm I'm getting my show you're together. You're working that out. I'm getting my
0: show together. Yeah, I mean, yeah. seven grand. Right? You know, you're a one-man show. I've done a lot stupider shit for less, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I like teaching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Days and Confused, 1993. Yeah. Devin, where were you at in 1993
1: when this film... Came out. And those were smack dab in uh, the latter-ish section of the college days. Yeah, yeah. So it it was this weird experience with this film, right? Right. right. I, I didn't have a traditional college experience. I was very much like go to class, get out of class, go work one of my right, two jobs. Right. 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 So I did. I didn't have the the classic college experience, but it was also like this weird thing. And I don't know if you experienced this, Jeremy, but like when you're in college and there's stuff about high school and movies. I'm just like, I don't know if I really want to go like, you know, right. pay that much attention because you know, college or high school is behind me now. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, <laughs> but it was right smack in the middle of, of high school. I didn't see it in the theater.
0: I, it was I saw it the first time I saw it at first in '93. I was um, I was in college. Yeah, um, just started. I graduated about a year and a half before um, this movie came out, and. Uh, I saw this on videotape, but what was interesting is we had a, we had sort of a Wooderson, a McConaughey kind of character that hung out with us. Nice. Who had graduated in 76. No. Yeah. So he was the one that brought, he's like, we got to watch this. I graduated that year. Uh, his name was Jeff. And so we, we just, me and all my buddies, we were all like. Nineteen twenty, yeah. yeah. Uh, we throw the videotape in with us. He was thirty something at the time, and we we <laughs> watched, we watched it. He he was a piece of work. He uh, this guy had been a bouncer. He was he was working in the strength and conditioning program at the University of Alabama with a football team, and yeah. so he was uh, he actually saved my life in New Orleans. This guy, what? So I was walking in the French Quarter. We went down there we went down there to watch we went down to Baton Rouge to watch Alabama play LSU and then we just bopped down to to um New Orleans and we were walking around and I was this this was when I was pretty optimistic, open minded guy. I was walking around, no fear in the world. Oh boy. And I was just enjoying the jazz musicians playing. I was, I separated from sure the group, you were.
1: separated from the group, <laughs> throwing a lot of beads at jazz musicians. Eh, Jeremy. <laughs> I was just hanging out, walking
0: around, enjoying the French quarter. And I got marked and these, really? this, this, there was five of them and I didn't know there were guys behind me. Oh. And so a guy came up and told me, he said, Hey man, I can tell you where you got your shoes. Um, like where you bought them, but he said it kind of like where you got them. Yeah. And I was like, "Uh, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. He goes, he goes, he goes, I tell you what, he goes, you give me $25. I tell you where you bought your shoes. And so I, I'm just like, no, I'm I'm good, man. And so I'm walking. I'm like, this isn't good, but it's just one guy. I think I'll be okay. And, and, uh, he finally puts his hand on me and stops me. He goes, no, no, no. I can tell you. I'm like, okay, tell me. He goes, well, you got them on your feet. I'm like, that's great. He goes, now. that's $25. And 19-year-old Jeremy. (laughs) I might have been 20. I think I was 19. Stupidest thing I've ever said in my life. Oh. Because I didn't have $25. I barely had 10. (laughs) But I had a quarter in my pocket. And I said, oh, my God. I said, I'll give you a quarter because that's what you're worth. Oh. Oh. And. I don't know why I said it. I was marked for death at that point. The guy was like, what the fuck did you say to me? And I was like, wait, I should have said that. And he was getting ready to just beat the crap out of me. But, but I kind of took a step back to like get some space between us. Yeah. And that's when I bumped into his boys Oh, and there were like two or three guys behind me. Another guy was so Jeff, this guy I watched dazed and confused with yeah. later. Yeah. Um, just comes barreling through the whole group, and he grabbed me. And goes, Jeremy, I was been looking for you for twenty minutes. Come with me right now. Sorry, guys. He's always doing this, and he just pulled me out of
1: it. Like you're a special,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he drags me out of it, and and wow. the guys were like, just kind of like, mm, you know, and and wow. And Jeff just he was a big guy, yeah, you know, yeah. weightlifter guy. Wow, and, and, uh, just saved my life. But anyways, th- he's the guy that was like, let's watch this. And so I was simultaneously watching it through his eyes, who okay, had experienced, yeah. he was from Texas. Crazy. So of course, this is where Days and Confused is set, yeah. you know, and he's, you know, enjoying the film like, yeah, we did that.
1: We did that. Yeah.
0: And here I am who had just graduated from high school a few years earlier in Alabama going, well, we did that t- too. Yeah, like we yeah. grabbed garbage cans and threw them at mailboxes right. and we did it with bats too, you know? Yeah. And Like we were doing stuff like that and like there were hazing rituals for the upcoming like freshmen and Yes. So it was it was weird to watch it with a guy that graduated that year of seventy six, but then also like to just connect with the film so much. And it is such a different film. For those of you that need some, of course, living in the past, our audience is a little bit older. It's true. So we might need to help you jog your memory. Of course, this film came out in 93. It's the last day of school in 1976. So it's like in May of 76, last day of school. And it follows two groups of students. It follows eighth graders who are on their way to ninth grade. And it follows juniors getting ready for their senior year. So it's going into last day of school into the first day of summer. And it's just, it's just what happened? I, you know, it's just, it, there's no like villain, there's right. no like quest yeah. or uh, yeah. other than to get drunk and stoned and Which, laid. Sure. <laughs> so, sure. But I mean, it, it, it really just is like someone just took some cameras and hung out with high school students in May of 76. That's yeah. what it felt like. Yeah. And of course this ha- this cast is stacked. It's an amazing group of actors and actresses um many you'll recognize many character actors, but some big stars, of course, Ben Affleck's in it, um, Matthew McConaughey, which is this is really his first role. Um, and then of course Jason London's in the lead. But you have people like Joey Lauren Adams, who was in um some Kevin Smith movies. It was real popular like Chasing Amy, she became mm-hmm. really popular for mm-hmm. that movie. Um, Adam Goldberg's in the film. He's well known for being in Saving Private Ryan as as one of the soldiers in Saving right. Private Ryan. Right. Um, all these guys had various degrees of success. Mila Jovovich is in it. Um, she, of course, went on to be in Fifth Element in the right. Resident Evil movies. Right, right. Um, but the story of them, and of course, directed by Richard Linklater, the story of them making it is almost as interesting as the movie itself. There's almost two kind of epic stories going on. Yeah. And, and I just, I think this movie is one of the great high school films made where do you when you saw it it grew on me I saw it I'm like I like that and then I saw it again I'm like man there's something about this I I love the soundtrack it grew on me and grew on me it's almost like you're listening to an album and you get more and more used to the album and then it just it becomes part of the fabric of who you are yeah and
1: and I I think you know something around this time period right this is 93 and it's a little bit before 93 when we get MVT MVT See, it's the ABA. <laughs> when we get MTV's, yeah. the real world, right. right? So this is the this first is same round, same time, yeah, unscripted, quote unquote yeah. reality stuff. And and I think that this, in a lot of ways, follows that formula. And I yeah. think that that's one of the things, especially when it came out, which made it so much different from everything else that we were getting in the theater at that time, because right. it was like it, it's familiar, like you said, yeah. Both because it's just kind of we're, we're we're following. It's almost like fly on the right. wall, right? Right. Um. It's. It's got timelessness in it as far as like, you know, every rising eighth grader and every rising senior yeah. have some form of likely yeah. um, pursuit of illegal, if not fun things that they're trying to do. Right. Um, being just completely idiots. Yeah. Um, even though that they wouldn't classify themselves as that. And <laughs> and of course, you know, the other part of this, like you mentioned the the hazing and stuff yeah. that, that goes on. And so I, I think it's like it hit at a great time in American cinema history. I think had this come out later, Mm -hmm. if this had come out 10 years later, then we're already into more reality shows and stuff. And then I think it's almost like a cop-out, but because it's so fresh on that, I think that's one of the things that makes this movie a a gem.
0: Yeah, it it really is unique and special and it just follows along these these kids on this, you assume it's like a Friday night right? and and just as they kind of, to go about the things that they're most interested in. But there's a, there's also an undercurrent in the film. That's really interesting. And it's never, which which is great about Richard Linklater as a, as a director. He never really hits you over the head with stuff, but it, there's things there. And one of them is just the emptiness of it. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a moment where, where pink, um, um, uh, I think his name's Floyd, his last name's Floyd, and Pink F- Randall, Pink Floyd. Yeah. Uh, Jason Linden's character, where they're on the football field and they're kind of like laughing. They're winding down. It's in the last like 15 minutes of the movie. It's right yeah. before the cops show up. And he's just kind of, he's like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't it. Yeah. This yeah. isn't it for me. And yeah. he's kind of staring off, just kind of like, what else is there? Right. And, and there's a little bit of that in the movie where it's like, you know, there's this urgency. And I think young people in general, high school students in general have that where they're like, I just got to get out of here. Right. And, and Linklater never like has a character say, Mm -hmm. like, I really feel that this is an empty experience (laughs) and I'm longing for something deeper and more meaningful. And yes, I I can't wait to graduate. You know, I want to be my own person, you know. Uh, he never does that, um, but but it's there, it's present in the film amongst all the silliness and the shenanigans right. and and the kind of the real conversation. It felt like you were really there because yeah. kids talk like that. That's right. the thing, and they still kind of talk like that. Yeah. And, you know, we both teach high school kids, and I, I've heard similar conversations, and they don't think I'm listening, but, right. like, they're having similar conversations.
1: And I think that that's one of the things, right? When you look at, I'll say, not just from my own experience at that age, yeah. but now as a high schooler, and, well, I'll even say as a parent watching my son go through it as well, yeah. is inevitably, you know, that, that junior, senior years of high school in particular, like, the the kids are pretty convinced that they've got their shit dialed in. <laughs> Yes, they do. You know, like, you can't tell me, you can't teach me, I know. And inevitably, I think it's those quiet times, though, when they're caught up in their regular routine that they've been doing for however long with the same people for however long. And then, like, inevitably, whether it's going into your senior year, coming into high school graduation, or maybe even early in college, when you just say, like... Oh, I feel lost. Like yeah, I, this was yeah. not what I was expecting. <laughs> this is not what I was right, expecting. Right. And so I think that's one of the things that I really find, especially at this point in, in my life journey, like, yeah, yeah, I get that. I yeah. still get that. Cause I see that look and hear those conversations just like you mentioned, yeah, right? Yeah. I, and at the same time, I, I, I quietly say to myself, Oh, you're, you're, you're going to hit the wall soon. Yeah.
0: You're going to hit the wall. It's going to be a great <laughs> wreck. A Great wreck. Yeah, it's, it is interesting, especially I notice it. We we're, we both work at a school that is 6th grade through 12th grade, and I notice the most freak out from kids that have been here since the middle school. Mm-hmm. They haven't had transitions. They right. haven't had big changes, right. and they've kind of been running the show, right. and they're like, oh, I'm going to be on the bottom rung right. soon. Right. And it's right. like, right. what does that mean? Yes, what does that mean? Yeah. 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 What does that look like? <laughs> Oh, man. So Richard Linklater directed this film. He made Slacker a, a, a few years before, really put him on the map. It was an indie film. It was made in Austin, Texas, just like Days and Confused was sort of filmed around the Austin area um, and some other other places as well. But um, Slacker really put Linklater on the map and and kind of got Universal interested in him. And then he got this film, Days and Confused, Um Funded, He ended up making it for about, I think it was around $6 million is what he made it for. It grossed like eight, but then it had like crazy album sales and yeah. then videotape sales yeah. and DVD sales. Um, what's interesting about the film is that he really gives a lot of freedom to his actors. Mm. And so there is a script, there was a shooting script they were writing on set sometimes, but he, like there's several conversations, like for example, there's one conversation uh, with Parker Posey, um, and Joey Lauren Adams and one of the other actresses where they're in the truck. It's right when they're all cruising around. Right. Right. And, and they're asking like, well, what did she, you don't know who she is, but they're like, well, what did she say about me? What'd she say? And right. they're like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. What'd she say? What'd she say? And she's like, well, she said, you're a bitch and you're a slut. And, she, and then one girl's <laughs> like that bitch, you know, and she gets so mad. She's like, I'm going to kick her ass. And it's like those those actresses wrote that scene. That's, amazing. That's not a Linklater scene, it's yeah. them coming up with a scene. And there's actually a lot of moments like that. There's one of my favorite moments where Cole Hauser, who's real famous for Yellowstone now, mm-hmm. he's drunk and he's sitting in the bed of his truck when they go to the moon tower at the end of the film. And he tries to stand up and he's toast and he can't, and he just kind of sits back down. Yeah, yeah. And that was all him. Like he was like, I remember I had been drunk once before. Yeah. And which is crazy. He was 17 when he made it. That's and glorious. everyone, everyone commented, he seemed like he was one of the older guys and he could kick everyone's butt. <laughs> That's like so great. when he was 17 and and he tried to, <laughs> you know, he tries, he's like, I remember I tried to stood up like stand up and I couldn't. So I sat back down he goes, he just did that. So, Link later created this environment where there were <clears throat> there was all this freedom. Mm. All the actors, McConaughey was not included because he was from the area. So you had interest you had it's really an interesting setup. You have the Hollywood kind of or the New York actors and actresses coming in to make the film that get yeah. cast. Yeah. Yeah. But then they have all the kind of the the secondary characters and extras that are from Texas and from the Texas scene. Yeah. McConaughey was in the Texas scene. And how he gets cast in the movie is just, it's just incredible. But um, so you have these kind of two worlds, but the, all the people, the, the kids that come in uh, from outside, they all stay in a hotel and it is just party central. Animal house. It's well, they're all sleeping together. They're all like getting drunk and high. And I mean, they're just, um, they're all kind of just a lot of them didn't have the high school experience. And so they have it right. as they make Dazed and Confused. Brilliant. And you, you talk to, you see any of their interviews. They, I, there's only maybe one or two that said they had a horrible experience. And, you know, even Renee Zellweger's in the film is an extra. She's wow. not, doesn't have, I don't think she has a speaking line at all. And she's in the background helping Parker Posey do yeah. like drink beer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know? And, and it's just like, you know, there's all these great and important, important air quotes, actors, yeah. actors and actresses. And, and they're just really just, just like having a great time. I love it. I love um, it. And so you had these kind of two worlds. You had, you know, the, the, the Austin crew, and then you had everyone else and, and it was just party central for a lot of these people. But it, it was funny when the, when the film kind of came to a close, um, there were such great relationships made. In fact, you know, um, one of the actresses, I, I believe it was, um, Oh, I can't remember who it was. It was one of, it might've been Joey Lauren Adams, but she drove one of the younger kids who was starting his freshman year of high school to his first day of school. No way. Yeah. Can you imagine that is Glorious. And he of course he shows up and he's like, you know, wearing his dazed and confused crew t-shirt and like, you know, So great. But can you imagine? Can you imagine? It was the kid that played Mitch Kramer nice. who was who was a bit driven to school. So, um yeah, let's t- let's talk about the film. Like it starts off with like school's out for summer, the Alice Cooper song, you know. Yes. Well, first it starts out with sweet emotion and the cars in the parking yes, lot and yes. Parking lot life at my high school was a big deal. Like people were check out the other cars, who's driving what, yeah. hanging out in the parking lot yeah. before or after school. It was a thing yeah. at my high school. It seemed like it was a thing in this movie. Um, great start, like sweet emotion to start the film.
1: It's pretty incredible. So especially like we go into this film and there aren't a whole lot of films that have a soundtrack that is just right. this... Amazing. (laughs) It's so Uh, good. For a guy, self, that lives in the 1970s, each and every day that he wakes up and gets out of bed, Jeremy, it's pretty incredible that they got the rights to all these songs. It's good. It really is.
0: Well, he wanted to, and, you know, in the end of the movie, they drive off to, they're going to go get Aerosmith tickets. Yeah. And uh, it kind of fades to black as the lines in the road, or, you know, as they're driving down the road, and uh, it's Slow Ride is playing, and... Linklater wanted to get rock and roll by Led Zeppelin. And it's a freaking crazy story. He sends the movie, um, Jimmy Page, loved love laser discs. Mm. And they found out about it. And so they sent him all these laser discs of the classic movies, right? So they sent Godfather and all yeah, this one. Yeah. And then they sent him Dazed and Confused. And he said, um, you know, we like the last scene has to have rock and roll. Um, it just has to. And Jimmy Page was like, okay, I'm wow. good. Wow. Robert Plant, nope. <laughs> Page and Plant were not getting along. They were at each other's throats. And Page simply said no because, I mean, Plant said no because Page said yes. Sounds and, about and right. And so it's just like, uh, but Slow Ride's great to end it on. I think it's, it even it works better. So. Can't go
1: wrong with Foghat first. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and here's a couple other things, right? This is when we see... Aerosmith start to make a big comeback, right? You know, this yeah. is like their whole, um, where they start to get, uh, Alicia Silverstone and yeah, amazing videos. and yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Crying and all those yeah. songs. Yeah. And so they're on a comeback tour. Yeah. I, you know, what's interesting too is page and plant reunite wow. on MTV unplugged like yeah. a year later yeah. and they it's, go on tour again. It's and crazy. It's, yeah. It's, it's kind of like this weird part of, right. of history, especially when it comes to those bands and stuff. I, I find it fascinating because the the page and plant no quarter tour that, yeah. that came out in 94, 95 was one of the worst concert experiences of my whole Oh, life. You went to it. Yeah. That's right. I remember you yeah. mentioning and this. And it was just, it, and it breaks my heart to have yeah. to say that like you see two of the original four dudes from Led Zeppelin and it's, Among the, like the top garbage to yeah. Hot dumpster fire, trash things that I've ever seen. Wow. Um, but I didn't know the story as far as that they were not getting along right then. And that was part of why that song wasn't allowed in. Yeah. In the movie. Page
0: was so flattered. I mean, he watched the movie. He's like, this is great. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You can use it. And then plant was like, no way. What a dick. I know, man. It's like, (laughs) Oh, it would have been so interesting. And, and, uh, yeah, the soundtrack is amazing, and you're you're right. It's a good call. Like Aerosmith was really like I think it was was the album called "Eat the Rich" or was that just a song on it? That I was one
1: of the songs. Yeah, um, along, I can't remember the album. They had uh, their one of their big songs at the time that did not have Alicia Silverstone was "Living on the Edge." Yes, um, and that kind of coincided too with, of course, part of some of their music being used in the film Armageddon. Yeah, again with yeah. Affleck and uh, so Stephen good. Tyler's daughter. It's called get a grip. There it came out in 93. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
0: yeah, that's really interesting. It, it's it, of course, when I was like first really introduced to, um, Aerosmith, believe it or not, it was with run DMC. That was when yes. I really started going, Oh yeah, there's this band. I, I had known dream on, right. You know, I, I was aware, but when they did the, the walk this way, with run DMC, that's when I'm like, I must listen to
1: Aerosmith now. I teach that moment in history. Oh wow. Cuz I you know one yeah. of our last units is actually going through like American music forms yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And just talking about like that was a cataclysmic moment. Right. In American music history. Yeah. It was and such a uh, all the influential all moment. the kids that were only listening to hip hop were introduced yeah. to rock <laughs> and all yeah. the kids that were listening to rock were introduced yeah. to hip hop and it was just it was a very cool moment to experience firsthand.
0: Yeah, yeah it was amazing and and um you know what's what I find really interesting is the hair bands are dying off right around this time. Yeah, <clears throat> and this is grunge, and it's right. interesting. I remember so many of the grunge like rock artists and and singers and all the musicians. They would often talk about the '70s rock scene mm-hmm. as their influence. A yeah. lot of them would talk about Zeppelin. Yeah, a lot of them would talk about all these like Aerosmith. And so it's interesting when I was that age, my junior, senior, freshman year of college, my junior, senior, high school, freshman year of college, sophomore yeah. year, I was listening to all the seventies rock mm-hmm. along with what was going on in, at the right. present moment. Right. And so as these kids are listening to these songs, it just felt like my current soundtrack of yeah, my life. I bet. And and so it was really interesting that days and Confused sort of caught this moment. It was it's yeah. it is a product where it reflects on 76, but it's also a product of 93. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting to see, you know, the all of those actors. I was their age. You were their age. Right. Like those right. actors and actresses. So it's it's really fascinating to kind of look at the film through two different lenses, the right. 93 lens and the 76 lens. Um, the movie starts off, you know, the cars in the parking lot. It kind of goes through uh, like the last moments of the school day, is, which is hilarious. We get sort of the dramatic tension where Pink is given sort of a for to sign where he's like, I won't smoke pot and get drunk and have sex over the summer. <laughs> and it's like, what? what? And, and he's a football player. He's the quarterback. They really think they're going to have a run at state the next year, their senior year, every junior class. Thinks they they're going to have a run are, at state. Yeah. <laughs> it's like always. everyone does. Um, so they think that's going to happen. And he, of course, <clears throat> Pink is such an independent person who is sort of the avatar of Richard Linklater. I mean, he right. he had similar, he was a quarterback his junior year of high school. He quit and and didn't play his senior year, but he instead focused on baseball. And there's a baseball movie he made that's sort of like the spiritual sequel to Days of confused called everyone wants some, mm. which is awesome. It's a good movie too. Um, but you know, uh, you have this, this beginning, you have sort of the, this tension, but it really what's kind of hanging out in the background that, that it kind of propels the movie early on is hazing these poor eighth graders about to be fresh. Yes. yes. So you have the girls obviously doing horrific shit to their, these eighth grade girls. I mean, where they're like, I'll do anything. They go up to the guy, will you marry me? What will you do for me? Yes. Anything you want? And then yes. the guys are so cruel. <laughs> and then and meanwhile, the boys are getting paddled. Yes. Did you, here in Santa Cruz area, did you have like, were there hazing things going on? Anything like that? We, did, we didn't We did do it that widespread. It was just football related for us. Yeah. So it was, if there were freshman football players, they got hazed, but... It wasn't school-wide. Did, did, was there anything like that for well, you guys?
1: Well, seeing as how we're past the statute of limitations. <laughs> Here we go. Giddy up. <laughs> so I think that, that this is one of the areas where I I didn't gel with the film because yeah. there, there wasn't hazing incoming ninth graders until, like, ninth grade had started, yeah. right? So like yeah. there, there was this total separation of right. like middle school or junior high <sighs> and, and high school. Yeah. And, and I would agree, like, there was, yeah, there was some hazing of freshmen. Right. Um, but I saw most of that because, you know, incoming freshmen that played football started in June or whatever, right? right? So you had, right. had two months of hazing before yeah. school even freaking started. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we would never end up paddling, but what was big at, um, Soquel high school where, where I went to to school and a couple of people listening to this went to school is we did a lot of swirlies. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, if you're not familiar was, with swirly, that's just putting yeah. someone's head in the toilet bowl yeah. and flushing a uh, big on canning people, Jeremy, just throwing them in trash cans that's and or dumpsters. Didn't do that. Yeah. We yeah. put them in dumpsters and like put heavy stuff on the lid so they couldn't get out. Um, <laughs> but here, here, here's the biggest hazing though. And this was so unique to Soquel high school in seventies and eighties is Um, The the main quad where the vast majority of students came during break and lunch was next to the gym. And on the side of the gym were all the freshman lockers. Okay, And so whenever a freshman went to go to his or her locker during lunch upperclassmen Jeremy I'm not talking about like lobbing fruit I'm talking about smoking like oranges (laughs) and apples like like your fucking Kurt Schilling in the World Series (laughs) and just you just hear the the slam of the fruit on the metal locker and so many people got like hit in the head with like flying fruit and stuff (laughs) and that but what was great about that though they're like I'm just like I can't wait to be a sophomore so I can do this to the next year's (laughs) freshman and and that continued until we got a new principal who was all about like hugging each other and eating granola and stuff yeah. but um yeah like that that was an intense thing like yeah. every lunch it yeah. was going down
0: yeah it's it's fascinating just like how that I I had my freshman year it was split between Virginia and Alabama and so it was interesting to see how people were hazed differently oh um like Virginia it was it was a little different it was a little more um the school was a little more breakfast club like where it was like true separate like groups. Okay. You know, you had your skaters, you had your like, you know, your jocks. There was a lot more separation at the school in Virginia. And so there's more like bullying and like people being made fun of and some pretty rough stuff. Um, Alabama was fascinating because it was, it was, everything was so sports related. Mm. So you would get haze, but it was all through the context of sports. Okay. So like with football, it was like freshmen would have to just clean up the field. They would have to carry all your crap in. (laughs) Um, you wouldn't allow them to take showers until everyone was done. So they would just sit there, just stinking up the place. And then, um, if there was any type of school related activity where you, you did PE, you worked out a lot of times like you wouldn't let them shower. And so they would have to go through the day just stinking. And well, then a lot of them to take showers anyway. Well, so. and, and
1: here's the thing, like know. I, I know that this is a rabbit trail, but this is one of my pet peeves. <laughs> and it's something I don't uh, understand either because uh, we, we did that aspect of it too. And then, you know, I, I came back into education yeah. as, as a teacher a little bit later. I had other careers going before that. And, and somewhere between the time I graduated high school and the time I became a teacher in high school, showering went away. It went away. Showers are there. They're there. They're just not used. And kids like come in from the Friday yeah. night game and go straight to the dance with just right. a little bit of like aerosol acts on their bodies. And I'm just like, what
0: are you oh. thinking? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the grossest thing ever. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah. I, I don't know either. I don't, I don't know, know what happened. They just, they just <laughs> can't do it. They just can't do it. Yeah. So the, the hazing was, of course, there's all these paddling moments, um, when they catch Mitch at his baseball game yeah uh, there's funny things like the actor that, that played Mitch um, he, he was asked you know hey um, can you can you play can you play baseball and he, he basically his name's Wiley Wiggins is the actor's name and he was like, yeah I can play he couldn't play. <laughs> And so they get there the night of the shoot where they're filming yeah. like the baseball game where he gets caught and paddled and he can't play and he can't hardly <laughs> even throw. So there's so one great. shot. It's like a, it's over the shoulder kind of shot. Yeah. And it's just a dude in a wig <laughs> throw. And he's like way taller than the, than Wiley Wiggins that played Mitch. Um, so he gets busted when they paddle him. What they did was they put like a, um, Uh, a metal pole, they would put it in the ground and the pole would be right behind the kid's butt. Okay. And so you just hit that, that pole. And of course they would take the sound effects out and all that stuff and put in new stuff. Um, but for, for Wiley Wiggins, he, he was the first person, they filmed it chronologically. Okay. Wow. So the film, like as it progresses, is like how they, it was a shooting schedule too. So he was the first one really paddled. And, um, they one of the one of the you know production assistants. They rigged up kind of padding for his ass, and it was this fiberglass padding thing. And they put it in his like you know in his pants, yeah. and they're like, you know, you're pretty good to go. And they, they told Ben F like, you can hit him as hard as you want, it won't. <laughs> And he teed off on him, and the tears are actually real. That's so great. Like, he really hit him hard. And That's so, but Affleck felt, and he was Affleck was really wrestling in interviews with him. He was like, I'm keep getting cast as this bully, and like, I, I don't really want to be that, but like, this film, I might as well. And yeah, you know, yeah. he's great <laughs> in the movie as this is this, like flunked. He flunked his senior year. He yes, has to repeat Super it. senior baby. Oh my gosh. So he plays <laughs> O'Banion for those of you trying to remember his character's name, but, um, yeah. So the paddling is all throughout like that evening, they're getting chased. And yeah. of course there's an earlier moment in the film where mom pulls a shotgun on, on O'Banion and, and that's a great moment. Um, so there's all those, all that, that stuff going on. But then the other part of the movie is like, we got to get wasted. Naturally. We got to get naturally. we got to get kegs. One of the one of the kids, um, Sean Andrews's character Pickford, is um, he has to get these like he's getting um, some beer delivered to the house, some kegs, and because mom and dad are going out of town, naturally, and the kegs show up early, <laughs> and so you know it's like uh, the party's ruined, and that's sort of like kind of this um, inciting incident that leads to them yeah. ending yeah. up at the Moon Tower later in the movie, but. But it's it's so funny. And the Pickford character, Sean Andrews, was actually supposed to be one of the leads, like one of the um, main like characters. And um, what happened was he was so crazy. His agent literally put, he had hardly been in anything. And his agent, Devin, said, here's the next Marlon Brando, like in his press stuff. And so this guy rolls onto set thinking he is it, and he he fought with Jason London the whole time. They wow. argued constantly. Um, it got to the point where he just shacked up with Mila Jovovich, who was sixteen. Nice, sixteen, seventeen. Wow. And when the filming was done, they ran off to Vegas and got married. What? Mom had that shit annulled in two months. Wow. Like Jovovich's mom, like. Found them like wow. broke that up, but like they ran off, got married, like so they were just kind of isolated, alone, yeah, and both yeah. had like really big roles. Wow. Um, She was on a lot of the promo stuff because yeah. she made Return to the Black Lagoon, which yeah. was Blue Lagoon, Blue Black Lagoon, Blue. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Not but, yeah, something else, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So Blue Lagoon, she had made that and yeah. was sort of one of the few known yeah. a- actors, and so, anyways, it's just all that to say <laughs> is this is what got McConaughey in. He just had one line, and because Sean Andrews was being so difficult, um, Linklater just kept feeding more and more to McConaughey, and everyone knew it. Um, In almost every interview with every actor and actress, they knew McConaughey was a star. Wow. Just the way he carried himself. He ad-libbed, you know, the all right, all right, all right. He, he got that, he was watching a, a concert of The Doors, and Morrison went, all right, all right, all right, all right. He just kept repeating it. Yeah. And McConaughey loved that and pulled that. And a lot of the film was, it was just imp, imp, improv. Right. Like they right. were just improv, it was just improv, improvisation on a lot of the scenes. So and great. he was just excelling at that. And, yeah. you know, the you know, I get older and the chicks just stay the same age. That's, that's him. Like, just like, who is this guy that I'm playing? Right. He would say something like this. And the crew and, and Linklater, they just, as it started, they just kept giving him more stuff. Wow. And the film ends up where he's the one driving to go get Aerosmith tickets. Yeah. And it's just, it's interesting just these interactions, but they're all trying to get stone and they're trying to get beer. Yep. I had a group of friends that that wasn't like, it wasn't the main like thrust of everything for us. It wasn't, we were more just like getting into trouble, like vandals, like, you know, (laughs) like thieves and vandals. Yes, yes. Um, we weren't like, we weren't trying to get kegs and we didn't have, it was weird. My group of friends, none of us, none of us had an older brother. Interesting. And I think that's sort of one of the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. yeah, Like if you get an older or an older friend. Yeah. um, What about you? Like was, what was your, like, was it beer busts or beer runs or kegs or kegger parties? I mean,
1: I attended
0: those, but like, yeah,
1: yeah, I was definitely part of the group that, that I was part of was definitely more of the let's stir shit up and hopefully not get caught by the cops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, I, I think like looking back, I I drank twice yeah. during my senior year. Yeah. Once was like a couple of days after the the seven point one earthquake, where our entire oh, city yeah. was like shut down and yeah. cut off. What else like, are you gonna do if he ain't drinking to this, he ain't gonna drink. So I like there was that, and then it was like like grad night. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so like that was never it for me. Had like yeah. plenty of the dudes I played football with and stuff like that yeah. was their mission every, yeah. Yeah. every weekend. Right. Um, but no, I was very much, uh, and not having an older brother either, yeah. uh, but very much part of the, let's see what kind of shit we can come up with. It yeah. is probably property destruction yeah. and stuff. That like was that. us, man. Yeah. We
0: were, we were cruising around was big. Yep. Um, in Alabama, the car culture was out of control. Really? Yeah. It was, what are you driving? Um, how fast is it? Wow. Uh, there was a, a place. Kind of in, and I'm from Tuscaloosa, and, and so there's a place out, sort of outside of Tuscaloosa that was just, it's a road. It's now highly developed, so it doesn't, it isn't that anymore. Yeah. But it was nothing was out there, and it was yeah. a straight shot, and wow, everyone would go out there, and it was just drag racing, like it was just like whose car against whose car. Nice. People would go watch it, and and um and even even when it wasn't a thing where everyone was going out there, yeah, if you were driving around with a buddy. You were like, let's yeah. go out, yeah. out and let's race. Yeah. Like, and you, there were no one out there and you just race each other down this road. And, Incredible. and you could see people coming from miles away. Like right. it was really weird because it was hard for the police to get any, sure. like, like if they were coming, you just left. Yeah. And like you, you, right. you saw them in plenty of time right? got away. Right. But the car culture was very similar to the days and Confused. Like everyone was wow. looking under their hoods. Yeah. It was a conversation piece wow. all the time and here I am in my Nissan 200 SX <laughs> four cylinder. I could barely it took me a while to get to sixty, let me just tell uh, you. I'm that. sure. So yeah. <laughs> I was always disappointed as I watched people pull into the parking lot and their muscle cars and I'm like, my little Nissan. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I called it silver shit. That's what I called it. <laughs> silver shit. Um Yeah, what was there a car culture at Soquel?
1: No, I mean there was there was a a couple of kids it had like nice cars right 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 but it wasn't a thing cruising was a thing but yeah, as far yeah. as like I don't think most of the kids I went to school with would have known what to do if they actually yeah. opened up the hood of a car and stared at it. Yeah. The engine. Yeah. And, and
0: days and Confused, it's a lot of, they're they're at the Emporium, which where was that when I was in high school? (laughs) Like there was places sort of like that, but nothing quite like that where everyone's hanging out and there's like foosball table. Right. Right. No. And (laughs) there, people are going over. So one difference, at least in my Alabama experience is there's a moment where one of the guys gives Mitch uh, some money. He's like, go get me a sixer. Go get me a six pack. Yeah. And he goes over and gets a six pack and just gives, feeds the, the, the store guy, the lines that he heard Wooderson McConaughey say earlier. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I just, I'm still working for the city. I am you know, I'm 18. Yeah. you know, all this crap. And it's so funny that never would have happened in Alabama. Really? Like you got carded at the drop of a hat. Wow. Like, yeah. One time I even went in and I was of age and I, 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 I bought a playboy. And I was just like, El McPherson was yeah. on the playbook. So I was like, I was like 20 or 21. I was like buying a playbook. Yeah. Articles. And, like, and, articles. And of course. Great <laughs> reading. And and they carded me and then they wouldn't sell it to me even though I was of age.
1: What? They were,
0: it was just the morality police. Wow. So that was a thing where I was wow. at. like, And so you could, there's no way you could have just strolled in and got a six pack. That is wild. And so as I'm watching it, Days Confused, I'm like, what the heck is like, this isn't so... Out of like none of that happened.
1: I I as as the taller friend in most groups. Oh yeah, you could probably I I, I only got carded once. Wow. Um wow. and by that time I had a fake ID. So <laughs> <laughs> Yes you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> um but yeah, that was that you, I, yeah, it was weird. Like getting alcohol in yeah. Santa Cruz in, in the eighties was not a bit like it would easily accessible. Yeah. <sighs> easily accessible. Yeah, Santa Cruz, yeah. Well, Santa Cruz.
0: <laughs> so in Alabama at the time, I don't know if the laws have changed, but it was, they didn't sell anything starting Saturday night at, I can't remember what the hour was, but it was like, it was early, man. Yeah. It was like Saturday night, like 10. Whoa. Like they quit selling alcohol and then Sunday, no alcohol.
1: I When I went to school in Illinois, not not the county that the university was yeah. in, they were proudly Repeat winners of Playboy's Party School of the Year, um, go go Salukis. Yeah. Um, but the county that I lived in, it was a dry county on yeah. Sundays, yeah. and it was weird because that's why I was waiting tables, and we could we couldn't give away champagne on Valentine's one year, and another oh. time like, it was a Super Bowl, and we couldn't sell beer.
0: That's crazy.
1: It, it's it was so upside down. I will say <laughs> at the same time, this is how backwards the same county at the same time, even though Sunday was dry county yeah. day. They had literal not drive up, Jeremy, but drive in liquor stores. That's great. Where you like you you go into a tunnel that's a <laughs> yes. liquor store and they say, What do you want? And then you hand them the cash and they put it in your trunk and you just drive through the other side of the store.
0: Thank God for those places. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because you know, in Tuscaloosa, where I was living and went to high school this is where the university of Alabama was. It was party central and the, and cruising was a thing like driving around. And I can't tell you how many times in high school I drove down sorority row at the university of Alabama. (laughs) I mean, it was just nice. A million. Like it was like, and my, and for those of you who don't know the high school, I went to central of Tuscaloosa was literally across the street from the stadium. I mean, it was like, like you could just see it. Yeah. Like you, from the front door of the high school, you see the stadium. Wow! And so we're right there, and yeah. the sorority Road's right there. Yeah. So you just, zip, zip, you know, it's like I'm just going to go down this road on the way home. <laughs> like, why not? Oh my God! So yeah, it was it was such a thing, and everything was so intertwined with the college life. Yeah. And so you you almost, when you were senior, you thought you were in college because sure. the university was right there sure. and you were running into college students all the time and right. fr- at parties and like, it just, it was, it was a bizarre mix, but in days and confused, this kind of car culture, this cruising around, the hanging out at Sonic. Yeah. Yeah. This stuff was a wow. thing, man. It was Burger King uh, in Alabama. Everybody would park at the Burger King because it had a big parking lot. Nice, And there would be 50 cars out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people just hanging out, yeah, you know? And it was just like, please would always come by. And right? it was just like, it was a thing. <laughs> so, but that's what I think makes Dazed and Confused so interesting is it does give you a picture of 76. yeah, And uh, so many people that lived in kind of a lot of the Southern states, but even Midwest, they're like, yeah, that was my high school experience in the seventies. yeah. But what's so interesting about the film is it has this weird authenticity, I think that people from eighties and the nineties, I don't know after that, because I you know right. But I, I feel like people can relate to the film. And I, I, I think that gives it its staying power. is so many I, people can relate to I it.
1: I think so. But like here comes the, the question though, yeah. right? Is yeah. because so much has changed. And, and and listen, I don't want this to come across as like in our generation, it was right, better. Right. Right, right. Right. Um but like kids today, at least where we're at, right, they they don't cruise. No, they don't. Um, They, they, they're so attached to like with their devices that like, I, I don't even know what they do like socially for fun. I mean, I know that there's drinking and partying going on all that crap, but I mean like, how would the kids that we teach relate with this film? I don't know. Some of the themes maybe, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to like the coming of age part of things, but not like the the culture part of things and socializing part of things, when it comes to cruising or car right. culture, or or for that matter, even just some of some of those um, right. mischievous things that we did yeah. in the, in the heyday, yeah, it's
0: it, it it happens, but it's so rare. Yeah, like you'll you'll get a, like a group of kids, and yeah. you're like, oh yeah, they they remind me of right. me. Right. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, and they pass your class and the others don't, <laughs> but, but yes. like, but there are a sizable number of kids today just from my point of view. Yeah. That their weekend is at home. Yep. Like and they're on a device. Right. I mean, they're talking to their friends. Right. Um, yeah. You know, but they're watching Netflix and they're yeah. like, I, I mean, yeah, we had video games. We had like Sega, Nintendo and all that stuff, but it, yeah, we play it, but it wasn't like, yeah, I just remember just being out a lot. Right. Like, A lot. And in fact, at one point my junior year, my parents had just had it. And they they literally said to me, we're done. You can stay out as long as you want. If you don't come home, that's fine. But we're done parenting you. Whoa. Like, so you go do whatever you want to do. And I was like, finally. (laughs) Finally. And I didn't come home that first weekend. And second weekend, I was out a lot. Yeah. Third weekend, I was out. And then I started coming home at like midnight. Yeah. 11. Yeah. It just kind of wore off after a while. I'm like, right?
1: okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Like, maybe I'll stay out. But it was yeah. like, it was weird. It was this like total reverse psychology moment that completely worked.
1: If you're not breaking rules, it gets a lot less fun. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true.
0: It was just, it was weird. And, um, but yeah, I, I had junior, senior year, I had immense freedom. Yeah. But a lot of my friends did. Yeah. Like it, it was not be home by this time, be right. home by that. I mean, it was just like, we're out. Yeah. Like, and and I'm sure there were people that like, I just don't remember that were like, had to have curfews or right. whatever, but my group of friends did. I mean, we uh, were just, same way. we were just out, yeah. you know, and, um, and it was always like, we didn't have cell phones. So there was always like, I promise I'll be here at this time. Right and if they weren't you found a payphone and called them yeah. it was it was that kind of stuff yeah, you know totally. like where are yeah. you man like yeah. you know but it was like where's a payphone at Right. like oh yeah there's one of the 711 like yeah. it was that kind of stuff yeah. and it was like well they didn't show up oh well exactly. let's leave Life and then some, and sometimes people would show <laughs> up late and they, they they no one was there and and i think that's one of the reasons why dazed can kind of connect with a lot of generations is yeah. there is a Almost a dividing point when the iPhone releases, For sure. where where smart technology, yep. smartphones, become the thing. Yep. And you know, there was even a uh, article that came out recently that was saying the phone and GPS is is actually diminishing um, the brain function of people in general. Yes, I concur because they're not using maps and using maps exercise is a part of your brain that is just not getting out of the exercise anymore. I,
1: Jeremy, listen, <laughs> I, I could not tell. We have been friends since, you know, 2015 ish. Yeah. I have no fucking idea what your phone number is, bro. <laughs> but back then, but you knew like 10 guys yeah. easily, oh, yeah. e- easily, easily. Yeah. I, okay. I know my wife's number. I know my mother's number. <laughs> I can probably figure out like three or four other people. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, no
0: idea. Yeah, I I uh, remembered people's numbers based on football players. Yes. Numbers. Yes. I would go, Oh yeah, you know I yes. remember. I still remember Robert, if you're listening, <laughs> 53-3586. It was Martin Houston, Keith McCants. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-five Martin That's Houston, glorious. eighty-six glorious. Keith McCants. Yes, I remember, man. Oh. It's so funny though. It's just how there is this dividing line, and Days and confused catches on one side of it, and yeah. catches a whole lot of generations, right? And and the movie is just so much fun in so many ways. So you you have the car culture, you have you know trying to get get beer. Uh, get stoned. You're you're trying to get laid. I mean, it's all those things, and then it starts moving toward the um, McConaughey gets a bunch of kegs, right. and they called it a, a I think it was a beer run or a, a beer bash or something like that in Alabama, we called it keggers yeah. is what we called it in Alabama. So I, I don't know if different places called it different things, but they basically have this party out in the middle of the woods Yes, and that shit happened like <laughs> in where I was from. And yes. so they're all showing, there's a moon tower out there that I think actually did exist. Okay. Uh, so I don't think it was as tall as they had made it seem there, but sure. there was a little scaffolding tower that people were climbing up. Um, but that all of those actors and actresses were pretty hammered I because there's all these night shoots. Yeah. So they would, they would shoot all night long, sleep during the day, go back at night. And, you know, if they're working on like, you know, there's a moment where Nikki cat's character, Clint, um, and, um, gets in a fight where he beats the crap out right. of, um, uh, Oh gosh, what was that? I can't remember the character's names. Um, uh, Mike who's Adam Goldberg from saving private. Ryan. Yeah. Um, you know they have that fist fight. So if they're working on that scene, everyone else is just there, right? Hanging out, right? Drinking, <laughs> and they had fake like weed, like and it the, you could smoke it, but it was just like nothing, yeah. you know. And so finally, people started bringing the real stuff, and it just was like people were just getting hammered every single
1: night. Missed my calling. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But they're all hanging out at the party and it's so that party culture is so interesting because I I just remember it was what you talked about during the week, where you're going to end up that weekend. Right. And then normally it was like Monday, Tuesday, talking about the weekend party. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, where's the next one going to be? And that was the pattern. Almost all. Very cyclical. Yeah. All year long. Yeah. There's a lot of moments. I, we had a lot of fights where I was from like I thankfully stayed clear of most of that stuff yeah. but but there was always the kids that you knew were tough like yeah. it, that were like well that kid is you know don't mess with him he'll yes. kick your butt and then there would be fights that everyone would talk about sure you know did you hear so and so up so and so you know and it was so interesting in that moment where um uh, where where Adam Goldberg's character, Mike, is trying to, he gets kind of bullied, and he's like, gets liquid courage, and he goes, and he's like, yeah. if I just hit him once, they'll break the fight up, and it'll be okay, and that ain't what happens. It's like, <laughs> he gets wailed on, and he says, you know, people just remember there was a fight. I I don't, I remember people saying, who won? Oh, so-and-so kicked so-and-so's right. butt. For and sure. That was,
1: that was sort For of the sure. thing.
0: But, like, it was a, uh, a thing. Yeah. Like fighting was a big deal.
1: We even had my sophomore junior years. We had improm- well, impromptu is not the right word, but we had boxing matches <laughs> behind the gym. And so we oh, had like these 12 Lordy. ounce gloves on. Oh, Lordy. And it was just like just beat the crap out of each other. Just beat the hell out of each other. Just beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. So you got to love it. Yeah. It, it's just there's certain things that are universal with that age. Yeah. Like it's like trying to figure yourself out. Yep. Fighting. Like it's just so dumb. It's so stupid. It and is. And when you look back on it, you just kind of have to laugh and thank God no one really got hurt. Right. You know, right. Um, the film is, is really interesting because it, it kind of moves into this like. Party kind of crazy, and then they—it's just like a real night of party, and you start to crash and come down. But like, there were so many moments of, um, when you're when the party's coming down, it's like I'm just going to stay up all night. Yeah, you know, and and there's a group of them that do, and they're they're going to get Aerosmith tickets. But I actually—it's so interesting. I don't think it changed that much from when I was a high school student, and there's always selective memory. Sure, like. And, and so I have two points. One is like, yeah, I remember like the big thing going on. is was like, can we get tickets to Nirvana? Yeah. Like they're coming to Birmingham. Yeah. Like, let's go see them. Um, I remember that. But the other thing is, is I remember it just kind of being boring. Mm. I remember a lot of boredom moments. Like I'm bored. Like yeah. we're bored. You know, yeah. there's a moment where a lot of the girls in the film are like flipping bottle caps. Right, Cause right, they, right. they're just like, and one of them says, I am so bored. Yeah, and it's like yeah, like Days and confused walks this weird tightrope where it depicts the boredom that was common, like at that age. Yeah. I were in your experience. I mean, obviously during the football season there was always stuff going on, sure. and busy, but like. All season, man. I remember a lot of bored. I'm bored. Kind of moments.
1: Yeah, and I think well, and and hence the reason why we were out doing mailbox baseball and making <laughs> yeah. improvised explosive devices exactly. At home and, oh god. And, and, yes, and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean that's that's all a product or a byproduct of of being yeah. bored, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that that's one of the things that, you know, you you asked very early in the show about like, is is this like kind of the, the premier example of, of high school life portrayed and anyone that's been listening to us for any length of time knows that I have just a special place in my heart for Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Of course. Yeah. And as much as that was even built on actual experiences that Cameron Crowe got as an undercover dude. Yeah. It's, it still plays more like a movie, right? Where right. this this like this hits home on so many levels. Yeah. But here's my question, though, because I can look at Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and I've got my favorite moments, I've got my favorite characters, but but for you, like, I can I can identify with like the macro things going on mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Days and Confused, but there's not anyone that I really go like that was me. Do so you have one, uh, someone in this cast who's like that was me? I.
0: When, yes and no, the inner world of mm-hmm. Pink, like yeah. him thinking like, this ain't it. Yeah. I had those moments. Okay. Like okay. where I was like, this ain't it. Yeah. Like this is really empty. Like yeah. I, I really did have those moments. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't, I was kind of. I walked a weird line between like nerddom. Yeah. I was into, into like nerdy things. And so like I had groups of friends that were sort of nerdy. Like we played role-playing games. Yeah. Like, like it was Dungeons and Dragons or yeah. the Star Wars role. Like, yeah. It was high school. Like we were doing this. So I had that group of friends and then I had another, I actually had three groups of friends. I had the nerds. Yeah. And then I had the fucking hoodlums like criminal, <laughs> like, we're stealing shit, and ah. if we got caught, it was prison. <laughs> yeah, like it was that stuff. And then I had uh, another group of friends that actually went to church, and like I, they were in my youth group at church, and wow. I, and those actually those guys I'm still friends with.
1: Interesting, which is really interesting.
0: Yeah. Like I don't talk to the other two groups at wow. all. Um And there was some cross pollinization but yeah, I, there was sure. three kind of worlds yeah. that. that you wow. know And I played sports with the guys that I went to church with. So. Yeah. Um, it would have really... to tell me
1: off air. Like some of the things that you guys stole. I'm
0: oh yeah. It was what? The... <laughs> Maybe that's a patron. My episode. kids don't even, my wife doesn't even know to be oh, honest. Oh yeah. I, I've, I've never sat her down and said, I stole this. And when I was a sophomore, <laughs> never, never said that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's interesting, but no, no one. I really, I, there was some, some of the actors, like I think every, almost, I think every single female actor in this movie is unbelievably beautiful. Like there's that. Yeah. And then there's like almost every guy is super charismatic. Yeah. yeah. Like even if they're dorky. Yeah. Because I know you don't like Anthony Rapp's character. Anthony. No, I just don't like Anthony
1: Rapp. I just don't like Anthony Rapp. I could care less about his character. Uh, <laughs> that motherfucker. He, so uh, two years after this is made, he he gets the, the one of the leads in the musical rent, yeah. which yeah, is yeah, a yeah, favorite of mine. Yeah. And, and Jonathan Larson who wrote rent actually yes. like, was very purposeful about casting Anthony Rapp. And, and as rent became more and more fleshed out, it became more of like Anthony's character story than the other ones. And so we go, we go, we, my wife and our friends went to see rent. This Jeremy is probably 12 years ago, give or take. And I had read Anthony Rapp's autobiography and and, and, yeah. And so we're, I didn't, I had no idea. Oh Oh, yeah. 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 And, And so, and so we're, outside the artist interest after the show, you know, the artists come out and they're they're going to sign your playbill and stuff. And I've got my friend ready to take a picture. And this is like, this is pre like, you know, iPhone era. Right. Yeah. And I go, I go, I go, Anthony look up and he doesn't look up and he keeps writing. He goes, I, I'm not going to, because if I have to do that, then I have to do it for everybody. To which I respond, this is kind of like your oh yeah. shit moment in New Orleans, like, to which I respond, Anthony, I paid $150 for these fucking tickets. I think I'm okay with you taking the time to look up. And he doesn't look up.
0: Oh, wow. And so
1: my friend got this great picture of Anthony to wrap head down, signing a thing with me, like just giving him the dirtiest yeah. look and flipping him off. It was glorious. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's unbelievable. Turd. Yeah, he was, and uh, in, in, um, there's an amazing um, book that is um, it's an oral history of days and confused. Okay, and I've been listening to the 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 audible version of it, and um, I'm trying to look up the name of it. I think it's all right, all right, all right. To be honest, I that think was, that's the name. That it is, good. It's yeah, all right, was, all right, all right. Nice. And it's the the oral history, and it's incredible. But in they interview pretty much everyone yeah. except Mila Jovovich and Sean Andrews. Okay. They didn't do any interviews, but pretty much everyone else did. Yeah. And, um, Anthony Rapp talks about how he just was like, kept to himself. Yeah. Like just kind of isolated. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, some, some of the actors and actresses respected that they were like, cool. Yeah. Some were like, man, like it's kind of a bummer. He didn't hang out with us. He's and he's kind of a
1: weird dude. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause he was, he, well, his character was eighth grader coming into ninth grade, right? He was a junior senior character. Was he? Okay, yeah. I thought he, he was. He was in the he, car with okay. uh,
0: Giovanni Ribisi's oh, sister and like, yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 and and Goldberg. Yeah. Um, so and they have that wonderful moment where Goldberg's in the back and he's like, you know, I don't want to be a lawyer or whatever. Yes, he's like, I yes, want to dance. Yes. You know, it's it's a great scene. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, just like who connected. McConaughey's story, honestly, is really interesting and funny and sad. Just during that, his dad died oh, wow. while they were making it. Okay. Um, he went to the, the funeral. Some of the actors went with him wow. to it, and it was really sweet. And what's so funny, though, was his dad told Matthew McConaughey, said, when I die, I'm going to die while I'm fucking. And he died while he was, his his mom, like Matthew McConaughey's like mom and dad, he died. And what's so funny, his mom was like, he finished like, and it was like, he was, and Matthew's like, awesome, like awesome dad. Awesome dad. <laughs> and yet he's so he has all this sadness. Yeah. And you know, he lost his father, who was this larger than life figure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was back on set like a day later, wow. and people were like, Are you okay? Are you are. Right? He's like, Let's just, I just want to work. I just yeah. want to. And he's like, My dad got to see me begin the career. Like, yeah. He's like, I have peace that my dad was able to know what I would be doing right. for the rest of my life and right. got to see a little bit of me That's doing incredible. that. Um, so, but so really interesting is casting was crazy where he hears the casting director who cast fast times yeah. is at a hotel and at the hotel bar, he goes there, they hang out all night long, hit it off. They're like, they're get drunk together. The guy's like, I'm casting you in this movie. I got That's like a small part. So like, great. So he really just like kind of inserted himself into yeah. the film and like kept like just blowing people away. And then Amazing. of course... I think most people remember him when they think of this think movie. I think so. I think so. So crazy. Yeah. yeah, and he wasn't even like thought of. That character right. wasn't even on the radar. That's incredible. In the script and 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 when they started filming, and yep. and of, of course, during the course of this, he he he's it. Like he becomes right. what people remember. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, days and confused. It's unbelievable. Um, let's take a break because we got to talk. There can be only one. Oh. Be only one, all right, Devin. What is the single best thing about Days and Confused? It can be a moment, a scene, a line, a character, a song. Yeah, like what for you when you look back on Days and Confused, what's your favorite?
1: I I think, well, I guess it's gonna be I'm gonna cheat a little bit because it's gonna be two things, but one is gonna be just the way that they took us into the lives of these characters right. and it felt organic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know how you label that. And then I already mentioned this other part, but that, that's that's the freaking soundtrack man. it's incredible. That is the soundtrack.
0: It's incredible. Yeah.
1: So I like if you don't have that soundtrack, please go go pirate it um yeah. and and enjoy it, and it. Enjoy it. Yeah,
0: it's it's it really is. And and Richard Linglater does an amazing job of knowing where to place the songs. Yeah. And when you watch the movie, sometimes you don't know if the song is like, is he is a song a literal representation? Like, right. so my favorite moment yeah. is when McConaughey and London and a Wiggins walk into the Emporium. Yeah. And it goes from a normal, like, like 24 frames a second and then it slows down. Yeah. And it's a Bob Dylan's hurricane. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's about. A boxer could have been great, but he's past his prime. Right. And here's McConaughey walking yeah. in. Is this 20? I think he's supposed to be 23 in yeah. the movie, you know, hanging out at a porium where high school kids hang out. Right, and There's just some creepy and weird yet. Like this guy is still kind of cool and like engaging. And yeah. it's just fascinating. That song placement in the, the, it is one of the best, I think every actor or actress dreams of an entrance scene. <laughs> in yeah. slow-mo yeah. as cool
1: as that. Yeah. Because it's just yeah. so freaking
0: cool. Yeah. And that, as just a film teacher, I just, I love that moment. I just love it to death. And I think it's great. I saw that, that's that's number one. That is my, like, there can be only one moment. A, a second place would would literally be all the conversations that mm-hmm. just feel so organic. Yeah, Like, it's just, they're kind of meaningless. Yeah. Um, but they ring so true. It's just like, it was weird on Friday nights, you might end up in one car with some guys. You're like, Oh yeah, you're in my biology class. Right, like I, right. I know you, yeah, you I know? know you. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, you're in another car ending in the night in another car somewhere else with some other people, you kind of know. Right. And the conversations are never deep. Right. There are no, there's never substance. It's just kind of <laughs> like, like are you getting drunk? Are you doing yeah, that? like, yeah. Oh yeah, we played basketball the other day. Right. Right. You know, so it, it for some reason, days and Confused just, Got that. And I, I I think it's a you would think it would be easy to do, but it like American graffiti, George Lucas was able to do it. Right. Um, Fast Times has moments like that. Yeah. But like you said, it, it feels like a movie movie. Right. You know, it has a story structure right, and like right, right. and Breakfast Club does too. Right. Um and De- Breakfast Club has some moments, but there's every single moment in Breakfast Club, which by the way I love, every moment is sort of a, it's hyper
1: dramatic. Totally, and, and that's totally. how John Hughes made his movies. is right.
0: like funny, engaging, hyperdramatic. It right, can't look away. Yeah, Dazed and Confused is a whole different thing, man. Yeah. It's like you're just there. Right, with all these real kids on a real Friday night in May of '76. Right, it's it's bizarre, and and that's one of the things I love most about the movie. Um, so we got, uh, we're, as we end the show, we we got another, um, we're doing, of course, our videos on YouTube. You can go check that out. We just did a, of course, a, a days and confused one, but, but true romance, Devin is our true next podcast romance. episode. Wow. It's also the 30th anniversary. Can you believe Woo. it? So this came out. So days and confused came out in September of 93. I think true romance came out the same month. Let me, I could be wrong. It might've been a summer release, but for some reason I remember seeing it in the fall. Um, dude. So true romance came out September 10th. Dazed and confused came out September 24th. Wow. So like September movies, 93, what a month, like two, I think classics. So the next, next one we're doing is, is, is true romance. Uh, Tony Scott directed it. Uh, Quentin Tarantino wrote the script. Um, It has an amazing cast. I have not watched this in
1: years. Yeah,
0: I I actually, it was on the rotation all the time and I haven't seen it in 20 years. So for those of you that are
1: unfamiliar with this, I'm just going to read this little paragraph from IMDb (laughs) to to wet your appetite. Yes. (laughs) Here we are. In Detroit, a lonely pop culture geek marries a call girl, steals cocaine from her pimp, and tries to sell it in Hollywood. (laughs) Meanwhile, the owners of the cocaine, the mob, track them down in an attempt to reclaim it. Holy shit. I mean... It's dynamite. Talk about... Talk about taking me back to my own childhood.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So if, if you're, if you're chomping at the bit or if you're like, man, I haven't seen that in a long, go rewatch it. And and in about a week or so, we'll be, we'll be doing true romance. You can always find us on, on, on Patreon, where we have, um, you get all the videos we're doing on YouTube early. You also get um, all the podcast episodes and additional ones that we don't release uh, into the wild. Um, you get those for, um, being a patron. Um, so we have a lot going on. We have the sequel March madness coming up. Oh yeah. Best eighties sequel March madness. That's coming up Mm. for our patrons. It'll be a Mm. podcast coming up. Uh, Carl and I did heavy research on this way back in the fall of 2022, and we'll be unveiling that bracket soon. So as always, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you soon.